If you've got your Bibles with me this morning, turn to Mark chapter 4. If you do not have your Bibles, don't sweat it. we got some lovely people that are coming back down the aisles with Bibles this morning. I want to make sure that you get one in your hand. We're going to be turning to Mark chapter 4. And if you don't have a Bible at home and you get one of these Bibles, please take it home. We want it to be our gift to you this morning. Uh, this, uh, this sermon, I said, I had a different beginning to it all together. I'm, I'm scrapping the introduction right now, and I'm just going to say this. The importance of the presence of God is all throughout the Word of God, right from Genesis 1 through Revelation 21. And it's massive. And I wrestled with this idea of what text am I going to bring to you today? I had three different outlines, honestly. I had three different outlines of what, how am I going to get you to understand the importance of the presence of the Lord and the fact that he is with us. All those outlines led me, though, to one particular passage that uh, has really been important to me in times of chaos, in times of difficulty. It's something that I, uh, I get the privilege of sharing with other people, too. I gotta ask you this morning, are you, are you in one of those times? Do you feel the chaos? Are you surrounded by darkness? Maybe it's just difficulty, desperation. Maybe it's in your work. Maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's friendships. Maybe it's a money problem, a health problem. A mental, emotional problem. Maybe it's just that you spiritually are just straight up struggling. Anybody, anybody brave enough to say, that's me this morning? Come on. If it's not you or today, it will come, right? It will come. I know it. Friends, I feel it too. As a pastor, I'm in a unique position. I get, to, I get to see and help people through these difficult storms in their life on a regular basis. And I get to equip leaders and, and the church of God to walk alongside people during the difficult season. And there's many people here today. I know. I know what's been going on. I pray for you. I hope that you aren't blinded, though. You aren't amongst those who didn't realize the presence of the Lord is here. Since the day of the garden, folks, our souls have longed for that presence. Since the day that we were blocked from entering into it, every, every human soul has been feeling the depth and the depravity, the devastation that is our longing for the King of kings and the Lord of lords again to be with us. Friends, he wants to be with you today. And you're desperate for it whether you know it or not. You need it like you need water. Let's pray. Lord, we need your presence. We need your power. We need your plan, not our own. Lord, as we open up your words, Lord God, may they give, may they give us the ability to cut through the darkness, Lord God, and to see your face. To know that you're with us. Lord God, may your spirit make it obvious that you're with us today. 
Lord God, may you move hearts to trust you in ways that they've never trusted you before, with things that they have never trusted anybody with before. Lord God, may you set people free in faith. And may they no longer fear. I pray this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Let your power be known. Amen. Amen. This Thursday, this week, I was uh, camping with my family, and this is a new experience for my family, so I had to borrow a, uh, a vehicle to haul a pop-up trailer, and little did I know that I would get a real-life illustration of the verse that we're going to be talking about, okay? We were camping, and it was a great, uh, a great time. This, the weather was beautiful, and uh, I had my little family, and we were with a couple other families from the church, and it was just a sweet time. But you know that those sweet times, you know, by, by the beach, everyone's having a good time, can be interrupted, can't they? Suddenly, a storm blows in. And we didn't know really it was going to be a serious storm. We just thought, oh, here's some clouds coming. You know, we better head back to, back to the trailer. Let's go make sure the kids are going to be safe and we're all inside and it's all good until the rain just becomes crushing. Everybody has abandoned their other plans and is in underneath the biggest awning amongst the three different trailers that are there. And we're all just huddling together. But if you know anything about hard rain, it hits the mud. And what happens to the mud? It splashes, right? It's all over us. We're under there, just huddled together. We got all the little kids. And then something else happens. I look down. I'm like, what is that? Is that what I think it is? That is a piece of hail the size of a dime. What is going? What? Oh, no. Oh, no. And before you know it, the sky is just open with these little, these little pieces of hail just everywhere. And it's loud, right? You ever heard hail like that? It's loud. Now, if you're, in a, if you're in, underneath an awning, it's really loud. And then my mind goes, wait a second, wait a second. Where's Kyle, my oldest daughter? She's in the other trailer over there. I'm like thinking, oh, man, she's going to be freaking out. But then I look up to see this, this daughter that's usually the dramatic one, if I'm honest, okay, with with this jacket, my jacket, just slowly walking through the storm. All right? I'm like, oh my goodness, what's that? She gets there. She's happy as anything. And I'm realizing, wow, she made it through. How is she so calm in the middle of the storm? What's going on here? Then I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm renting, or I'm not renting, I'm borrowing a trailer and a vehicle to haul it. And it's hailing. I need to go check it out. So I take off. Right? Making sure everything's okay, nothing's broken, there's not leaking, I'm not like ruining somebody's trailer right now, everything's okay, right? I'm like, okay, it's okay. Then I step outside underneath our makeshift awning here, and suddenly a massive gust of wind just, whoosh, I'm like, oh no! I'm going to grab after things, making sure it's not gonna fall apart on me, okay? And then, bam! Right beside me, massive, massive poplar branch around this big around right beside me, a couple feet away from the trailer that I'm borrowing. Thank you, Lord, right? I'm in this moment, but if you've ever been in those moments and you're in the middle of the storm, I'm like, what is happening? Is this the end of days? Like, you feel really small. Then I'm looking around, I'm like, what is going on? Boom, boom, boom. Hail is not just the size of a dime anymore. There's hail this big coming around. Not even joking person who lent me their vehicles like I better check that vehicle right <laughs> big pieces of hail coming down and I'm like what is going on I'm like in this zone I'm like wait a second I could get hit here so like in this moment I'm not thinking clearly I'm like I gotta check to see if another branch is coming off that massive poplar that's there 
Biggest pop I've ever seen. I'm like, all right, let's check it out. Let's check it out. I stick my head out and I'm getting hit with the hail. Not thinking, right? Clearly not thinking. I can't see a thing. It's like sheets of water and hail. I'm just taking it in the face. I go back inside the trailer. I'm still kind of like, what's going on? Okay, sunglasses. That's right. Sunglasses. That's going to help. I'm going to get my sunglasses. I'm going to go, and I'm getting hit. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I think I'm okay. I think I'm okay. I think I'm okay. I'm okay, right? I'm okay, right? And sure enough, the storm's gone in a moment and the sun's shining again. Apocalypse averted. Everything's okay. The storm has passed through. And I'm like, man, I got a, another rewrite to my intro today because we're going to read Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 41. And this is where Jesus calms the storm. You might have a storm in your life right now. Jesus wants to help in calming it as well. Let's read from God's word in Mark, 30, Mark 4, verse 35. It says this, On that day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across the other side. If your Bible's like mine, that's in red because Jesus is saying it. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great, see it? A great windstorm arose, and waves were breaking into the boat. Ever been in a boat? You're bailing, but it's coming in too fast? That's what's going on. They're breaking into the boat. The, so the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a cushion, on the cushion. What? And they awoke and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace! Be still. And the wind ceased, and there was great calm. And he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Who then is this? There's some important context to what's going on here, okay? The book of Mark is largely written to a Jewish audience, and these guys are all Jews that are in the boat. And you need to understand something about a way an ancient Jew thinks about big bodies of water. Right now, when they associate, when they look about out on a big body of water, in a Jewish mind, that's, that's associated with chaos and death. So first off, the Jews are thinking, this body of water, chaos, death, big body, okay? The second thing about this, about this is the men in the boat, being Jewish, would have known the stories about God and his authority over the waters. In creation, God is above the waters of chaos, and he speaks life and order. And it is. That's some serious power. In the flood, God is with Noah, preserving his life above the waters of death. In the Exodus, God is with Moses, leading his chosen people through the Red Sea from death to life. In Jonah, Jonah is seen in the belly of a whale for three days. Saved from the waters of death. Spat up on shore to preach repentance for the forgiveness of sins to the people of Nineveh. The other thing about these Jewish men in this boat is that they are following another Jew. His name is Jesus. And you need to understand who Jesus is in order to understand what's happening in the context of this passage. You see, Jesus is just not another Jewish man sitting in a boat. Jesus is the Lord of all creation, taking on human flesh, sitting in a boat with them. 
At the beginning of the story, we see Jesus acting a whole lot like a man. He's asleep. He's showing fatigue. He's tired. In the second part of the story, we see Jesus being God most high. Jesus displaying his ultimate power. So let's take a look, a little closer look at what's going on in this passage. And let's see how it applies to where you're at today. Whether you're in the storm, whether you've been through the storm, or the storm's coming, where you're at today, we see that there is a great windstorm. Let's read verses 35 through 38 again. It says this, On that day when evening had come, he said to them, Let's go across the other side. And leaving the crowd, they, they took with them in the boat, took, excuse me, took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and the other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? There's a few observations I want you to be able to see out of just that little section of Scripture. The first is this, that the people in this boat are not new to the water. If you know who his disciples are, you'll know that amongst them there are several fishermen and a lot of people that are from this region, okay? So what he's dealing with is people that are knowledgeable and people that are experienced in the situation that they're in. First, they have a knowledge. They know how weather comes and goes in that area. They understand how the, sh how the storms shift and how they come. But what do we see here? They're caught off guard by the storm. It's interesting. It's fitting, really. In our life, the tragedy comes when we least expect it. The storm is most overwhelming when we don't see it coming. In this situation, these men who knew the area were caught off guard by the storm in the way that we are caught off guard by tragedy. These men are experienced in these boats. This isn't a group of people that just got in a canoe for the first time and is paddling in circles. You know what I'm talking about, right? Someone's going forward, someone's going backward, they're switching sides all the time. They, this is not those people. This is like whitewater rafting qualified people, okay? These guys have grown up on this lake. This is all they know. They understand these boats. It's probably boats that they have fished in their whole lives. And they're in this moment, extremely knowledgeable. They understand how to navigate rough waters, but you need to see something. What that means is that the storm that they're experiencing is a real threat. This isn't a joke. It's like, this isn't, this isn't an opportunity to like, hey, hey, that's it. hey, this is just easy going. It's not guys sitting on the, on the canoe for their first time going, oh my goodness, waves. It's like, we're going to die here, folks. My experience, my strength isn't enough to deliver us here, folks. I can't get through this, and I know what I'm talking about. Your fears, friends, are usually legit fears, just like theirs were. But in the same way, they needed to understand something. We need to understand something. We need to understand who's in the boat. Who's in your life? Do you believe it? See, life always will find, trust me, it will always find a way to give you more than you can handle. Some of you guys are nodding your heads saying amen. If that isn't you yet, you will experience. Life will make you feel small, just like this storm made the disciples feel small. But you need to understand something here. The storm didn't catch Jesus off guard. The storm was not too big. It did not make Jesus feel small. 
In fact, it's Jesus that's leading his disciples into the heart of the storm. He's the one that initiates it. He says, let's go across to the other side. What does that mean for you and for I? It means this, that the tough, threatening circumstances aren't an accident. It doesn't mean that you're out of the will of God. It doesn't mean that he doesn't have a plan to use this storm. In fact, it's often in the storm that Jesus does his best work. Amen? If you've been through the storm, you know this. He does his greatest work in the darkest time. He uses those dark brush strokes to paint a masterpiece. It's in the darkness that we see the greatness of his light. And friends, if you can know this, know this. If Jesus, like he did with, the, with these disciples, if Jesus leads you to it, he will be with you through it. He will be with you through it. Third observation is this, that in the midst of this real life threat, these disciples are doubting Jesus. They are overwhelmed by their circumstances and they instinctively, firstly go to him and think, do you even care? We do the same thing, don't we? God, do you see? Do you see what's going on down here? Do you know what I'm feeling right now? Do you really have my best in mind right now? Do you really love me? Are you really there? I'm dying here. Don't you see? Don't you care? If you know the end of the story of Jesus' life here on earth, you know, you know that this seems a bit ironic. Maybe even the disciples looking back on this question, they'd be embarrassed that they asked it. You see, Jesus was with them in the first place for one purpose. To die that they might have life. That they might be restored to the presence of God both now and forever. In other words, Jesus cares enough about you in the midst of your storm. And Jesus cared enough about these men in the midst of the storm that he was willing to lay down his life for them. And die in their place. Jesus cares enough about you to die for you. Do you believe it? It's not only Jesus that allowed that to happen though. The Father, the Father cares about you. The Father loves you. How do I know this? He allowed his only begotten son to be tortured and to die. He watched it happen. Why do he do it? To restore you to himself, to his presence, and therein eternal life. Friends, I'm still just scratching at the surface of this, but something happened in my life to help me understand the depth of the Father's love. I lost my firstborn son. You see, in that moment as he is passing, I'm telling you I would have fought every person on this earth to keep him alive. I would have. That was every, every part of me wanted to do anything I could to save my boy. But you need to see this, okay? While I would have fought anybody to save my boy, God allowed his boy to die to save the world. Do you see that? If you're a father here today, do you understand the love that that took? I don't understand it. I can't grasp at it. I mean, I've studied the Word of God. I've studied God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit my whole life, and I'm barely scratching at the surface. I cannot wrap my mind around. I cannot grasp the depth of the Father's love. 
I cannot understand the depth of God's love. It's beyond the human ability to comprehend its magnitude, its massiveness, its magnificence is too big for me. But I can say this to you then today. In the midst of your terrible circumstance, there's a truth that you can pin to the circumstance. It's this. God loves you. Do you, do you hear it? Do you know it? God loves you this morning. He faced death. So you don't have to. If you have faith in him. As we keep reading, we see that into this great storm, there is a voice that speaks into it, a great calm. Let's read verse 39. And he awoke, this is Jesus, and he rebuked, he didn't just ask the wind, he rebuked the wind and the sea. He said, peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was great calm. I love this part. What happens? In the midst of this massive storm, Jesus stands up and says, I am a big and more powerful God than this storm could ever be. I am bigger than any storm that you're ever going to face. And he stands up and he rebukes the wind and the waves like a child, and they obey. Do you see it? The Lord of all creation who spoke the universe in its unimaginable beauty, its unlimited complexities, its immeasurable vastness, is, on, is putting on display his unfathomable power in their midst. He's doing what no man can do, only God can do. And he rebukes his creation, saying, be still. Peace, be still. Friends, Jesus has the power. And in your situation, if he's, if he's present, if you allow him to be present in your storm, he has the ability to speak peace. Peace into your circumstances, no matter how desperate he can speak peace into it. This it shouldn't catch us off guard. It's him that brings peace all through the Old Testament. In fact, in Exodus 33, when they're talking about the, the idea of the presence of God coming to the tabernacle and leading the people of God, he says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. In Galatians 5, verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit, the living God within the believer, folks, the Spirit has fruit. It's, it's love, joy, and what? Love, joy, and what? Peace. He has the ability to speak peace despite the circumstances. In Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7, Paul, in a dark hour, writes this, Rejoice in the Lord always. Why can he say it? He says, again, I say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In other words, know he's with you. Cast your burdens on him because he cares for you. And what's going to happen? And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So take your concerns to him in faith. Give them to him and he can grant peace even in your darkest hour. There's a clear message, though, we also need to see that's in this little passage here, this little, just but a, a verse. It's this, you're not in control. But he is. If 
Friends, you have never been in control. Ever. You're not in control of your body. You're not in control of your business. You, you don't control what's going to happen with your next breath. But there is a person that's in control. And he loves you. That's reason for peace. That's reason for faith. That's reason for trust. He loves you. Satan would be happy to keep you believing you have control, though, by the way. But it's just a lie. It's just an illusion. Thankfully, God graciously gives us circumstances that make us realize we're not in control at all. The storm is his grace to wake us up that we, we aren't in control. We never were in control. And in our littleness in that moment, it turns us to his bigness and realize that he is the sovereign Lord and he is in complete control. And in that moment, if you will believe and trust him in the storm, he can provide, he can provide peace that passes understanding. Let's keep looking. So far, we see that there's a great storm, but a greater God who allows for a great calm. But there's also a great fear, another fear that's reaching the disciples. Let's see what it is. Verse 40. He said to them, why are you so afraid? (laughs) I love this. I just about died. (laughs) Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? That word still is really important. And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who is this? Did even the wind and the sea obey him? Who is this? See, they ask two different questions that reveal that they have no idea who's in the boat with them. When they are in panic because of the storm, they go to Jesus and they say, teacher, rabbi, don't you care? He's not just rabbi, folks, right? He is Lord of heaven and earth. He's more than rabbi. Another question, who then is this? They don't understand that the Lord of all creation is sitting there. They don't get it yet. Jesus' response is great. Why are you afraid? Obviously, you you still don't get it. Obviously, you still have no faith. In Matthew 18, when it's recalling the same story, it says, you have little faith. Doesn't that fit us, though? Come on. I always have faith. No, come on. We have little faith. See, like them, they didn't grasp whose presence they were in, and we don't grasp who's in the boat with us far too often. Even though the still is there for a purpose. Even though God has made his presence known amongst them. They didn't have faith. Even though Jesus had performed miraculous miracles of authority. They didn't have faith in who was with them. Even though he had preached in a way that was more powerful than anybody had ever heard before. They still didn't have faith. They failed to recognize in the same way we do. This is our problem, folks. We don't know who's with us. Do you know who's with you? Who's in the boat with you? Come on. Who's in the boat with you? Come on. Jesus. Who's in the boat with you? Jesus. The Lord of all creation is with you. Without whom nothing was made that has been made. He's with you in the boat. Are you sure? Do you believe it? Do you doubt it sometimes? Friends, 
He's declared his presence to you. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you've known saving faith, then you know him. You know him. He's performed a bigger miracle in your life, folks, than any healing he ever did. Do you know that when they're talking about his healings that he's doing, the Pharisees were okay with the healings, but when it boiled down to him forgiving sins, they were not okay because only God has the power. Only God has the authority to forgive sins. And friends, Jesus forgave my sin and he forgave yours. Amen? He said that you might know the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins and then he heals. He's declared his presence with us. If you've believed in Jesus Christ, you've received the Holy Spirit. What is that? That is God Almighty with you, living in you, living through you. That means the Lord of all creation is within you right now, believer. Do you believe it? Do you understand it? His Spirit is at work in you and through you. He's working on your heart. He's giving you gifts and abilities to join in his mission to make his presence known to the ends of the earth. He's, that's a miraculous provision of a spiritual gift. Do you understand? He's with you. He's convicting, guiding, encouraging every believer in this room right now. He's doing the miracle of changing our hearts right now. His presence is known to us individually and corporately. I want to talk about corporately here for a second. We've observed his power this year. His miraculous power. His authority amongst us this year. Do you see it? We just had a testimony of it. Who was here at the 10th anniversary? Honestly, who was here at the 10th anniversary? We're doing the baptism deal down by the NBC. Come on. Story after story after story. Death to life, death to life, death to life. That's a miracle, folks. Only God does that. Only he can change the heart. Only he can forgive the deepest sin, amen? That is a miracle. We see miracles of provision all the time. People in small groups caring for each other, benevolence, caring for each other, soul care ministry, taking the faint-hearted and building them up in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We see it. Don't we want to see more? Do you believe it? Do you want it? We've seen heart change in these situations, folks. That is a miracle of God. Pride becomes humility. Bitterness becomes forgiveness. Worry becomes faith. Lust becomes love. Unfaithfulness is replaced by faithfulness. Selfishness is replaced by a servant's heart. And I could keep going. Because he's doing those miracles in our midst every day. May God continue to perform his miracles amongst us. Amen? And may he spread it out into our families, into our communities. Amen? God can do it. He is doing it. He's made his miraculous authority known to us. We've had miracles of healing. People able to walk that shouldn't. Demons told what's up and sent packing. Backs made straight. Child, a child with cancer. Getting it gone. It's gone. A couple having a baby that shouldn't have a baby. Even more miraculous, I would say, is this. A couple that has a deep longing for a baby being okay with God. And content. Even though they don't have a baby. May God allow us to see more of the lame healed and more of the hearts changed. Do you want it? Man, I, I, hope, I hope we get to hear more testimonies like Eric was sharing. Don't you? I want, I want to hear it. You know what I want to hear? I want to hear a testimony of a, of a lady who, who had aborted her baby, received, talk about how she has received 100% forgiveness and grace in Jesus Christ. Do you? I do. 
Oh, man. Sorry, I'm getting off. We've seen miracles. We've seen miracles of unity and diversity, small groups. Come on, there's a lot of small groups. It was hard this past year. Cormier group, the McKenzie group, amazing things. God is taking people from ends of the spectrum and making them one. We could totally use that in our society, could we not? Yeah. He's gifted his church, folks. He's sent us people like the Lees at the right time, like the Matts at the right time, like the right elder at the right time, like new members that are flooding our church right now with the right gifts to help us expand the kingdom of God in Muskoka and Perry Sound. Do you see that that's his work? What about how he's materially blessed us? He has. Their business is growing in our midst. There's a budget that's growing that's constantly met year after year because God has moved his hearts to be generous. There's people getting promotions. Friends, we need to remember that it's, those gifts are from God. Those are his provision. Every good gift comes down from heaven, from him. We need to be careful lest we say in our hearts, I have got me this wealth. He is the one who gives the ability to attain wealth and he has gifted us in this way. Friends, even amongst us, the land that we purchase has gone up in value like crazy. That's a gift from the Lord. That's a work of the Lord. A building was given in Huntsville to reach Huntsville and see new believers in Huntsville like we've had the privilege of God doing amongst us here in Bracebridge. May he continue to give us the tools that we need to spread his name throughout the world. We saw God give us a building for a quarter of the price in Perry Sound. Come on. Do you know that we raised that money in one day? God can do beyond what we think he can do. He can. Friends, if you, if you really do the math, that's millions of dollars, that's millions of assets and tools to make his kingdom expand here in Muskoka. We haven't even started the campaign. May God move our hearts to be a part of that. Because he is not done. The mission is not done. He, I, I, my prayer, that we, we would have people giving more then we even need, and we would like in the tabernacle moment, Moses is like, hey, hey guys, stop giving because we got enough. Do you believe God can do that? Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Friends, he can do it. Friends, we, we sit here, we, we hear Jesus preaching to our hearts every Sunday. Who here, I'm, I'm just asking, I'm Interact with me. Who here has sat in that seat before and you know the Lord speaking to your heart? You've, you've heard the Lord speak to your heart. Come on. We've sat under his authoritative words. We've felt him speaking to us. Oh God, you are merciful. You are merciful to let us know you're with us. Friends, he's with us, but where faith fails, Satan will be sure that fear reigns. But where faith and the presence and the power and the plan of the Lord exists, fear is replaced with peace that passes understanding. The storm is told who's in control. Satan is bound and told to shut up. And his peace is known in the heart of believer, the peace of the living God. In conclusion, friends, I gotta ask you this. Where's your storm right now? Can you name it? Where's your doubts right now? Can you name it? Where's the circumstance that seems too big? Can you name it? More importantly, can you name who's in your presence? Who's within you? Who's working around you? Who's working, friends, through you? Who's in your boat? Another question is, where's that boat going? 
The difficulties of the day are but a mist. They're a vapor. The beauty of where we're going lasts for forever. We are crossing the waters of death into the forever presence of our Lord. Revelation 21, verses one through five. I'm gonna read it. I think I read it last time, but I gotta read it again. I love it. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And listen, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He, dwell, he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. Can't you wait? Oh, man. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. Neither shall there, neither there, shall there be mourning nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who seated on the throne said, Behold, I'm making all things new. And he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He's, he's big enough to help you through the storm, and he's big enough to take you to the other side, folks. And we are able to be in the Lord's presence forever, where everything good is. You excited about that? Yeah, I know I am. question is, Will you have faith in the meantime? Will you have faith? If you don't know Jesus, you don't understand this concept of having faith in him, there's going to be people with yellow lanterns going to be standing up here after the service. Make sure you talk to them and ask them. They want to lead you to be able to place your faith in the Lord Jesus, who is real and has the power to meet you where you're at today. Maybe you're here and you know the Lord. The question stands out and it's there. Will you choose faith in him or yourself? It's faith or fear, folks. One of the biggest tragedies I know is a, is a people that have forgotten who their God is. They don't go to him daily. You, know, you realize he made a way for us to hang out with him every morning. He died to make that happen. Oh, forgive us for having bigger things to do, more important things to do. He died to restore that relationship. Let's hang out with him that he might remind us of his power and his presence on a daily basis that we may have faith when that unexpected storm comes. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we believe you created the heavens and the earth with but your voice. We believe that you saved us in the most unexpected way possible by dying on a cross. To restore us to yourself, Lord God, thank you for such grace. Lord God, I pray, though, that as we walk this road, as we face the storms, as we experience the brokenness that is a world that has been distanced from you, Lord God, I pray that you would give us greater faith in who you are. Lord God, I pray that you would increase our faith in your power, not ours in your presence, in your provision. Lord, do greater works than even the grace that we've seen. Do immeasurably more. According to your grace, Lord God, I, I appeal to you. Do something today in the hearts of your people. Do miracles. Set the captive free. Bring life where there's only death. Bring hope. There's only fear. Have your will done, I pray. Because it's good and it's trustworthy.